now playing Pinocchio from 1940. Disney Movies, the podcast designed to ruin your childhood one movie at a time. I am Nick, your tour guide, and I'm here today to talk about Pinocchio from 1940. It is the second Disney movie in the Disney cartoon canon. It is one that I remember watching quite a lot as a kid because I am old enough to remember when we first got our VCR. The year was 1984, or maybe it was 1985. I don't really recall that. But we did get a VCR, and one of the first things I got on VHS was Pinocchio. Pinocchio was the movie that, if I was going to wear out a tape, it was going to be that movie. So to revisit it now as an adult and look back on it, I'm a little scared that I might not find things I like. And so we begin. Walt Disney's Pinocchio is based on a book called The Adventures of Pinocchio, Written by the Italian author Carlo Collodi, this movie was originally scheduled for release after Bambi. Bambi was supposed to be the second movie that Disney put out, but production issues on that film caused a delay and the order was shuffled. Now, just because this is based on a story that's in the public domain does not mean that it is the same as what Collodi had written. In fact, Pinocchio, not very likable in the original Carlo Collodi text. He dies in the original. In fact, he was hanged. Collodi continues after the death scene by having Pinocchio saved by the fairy with turquoise hair. So right from the start, we can see that, yes, there was a huge need for extensive rewrites with this one. And even with those rewrites, Pinocchio was in need of direction, at least according to Walt Disney. The character of Jiminy Cricket was invented to be Pinocchio's conscience. Pinocchio originally kills Jiminy Cricket, and he returns as a ghost. This is in the Disney original. But Walt Disney, who had a knack for these things, recognized that maybe Jiminy Cricket is a character we want to keep around. So instead of having him become a ghost who comes back, Disney had the character expanded, and he became a mainstay not only in the movie, but in the Disney universe. You could say that Pinocchio has stunt casting. I don't know that I would say that, because most of the names that are in this movie are lost on my generation, and if you're listening to a podcast, they're probably lost on you as well. Jiminy Cricket was voiced by singer Cliff Edwards. He was also known as Ukulele Ike, a fact I would not know if not for Wikipedia. Pinocchio was played by a child actor by the name of Dickie Jones, Dickie Jones was in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and he did appear in some Little Rascals shorts. I guess that's a get in 1940. Geppetto was played by Christian Rubb, a prolific actor of his day, but again, a name that is completely unfamiliar to me. There is one name in the cast that I recognize, and that is Mel Blanc. Yes, the voice of Warner Brothers himself, Mel Blanc, is a voice of several characters in this movie. He voices Figaro the Cat, 
um, who doesn't actually speak, it's more meowing, he plays some of the donkeys that are braying on Pleasure Island, and he hiccups for Gideon, one of the two bad characters that sends Pinocchio on the road to ruin. He also makes some of the noises for marionette soldiers that appear very early on in Stromboli's show, but again, Mel Blanc, for all of his voice work, doesn't actually speak, not at least words. Pinocchio premiered in the movies in February of 1940, so not 78 years ago such as Snow White was, but 75 years ago. Again, if you look at it visually, still amazing. It was a box office loser at first, and again, this is going to be a trend we see a lot of going forward for the next uh, five or six movies. Walt Disney lost the international market because World War II was going on. He couldn't put this film out anywhere in Europe, which would have boosted the profits, so he kind of took a loss on it. In fact, Disney and RKO both posted losses on the initial release. However, between the original release and the seven re-releases, such as Snow White, I believe, had eight, this had seven, it eventually grossed over $84 million. Now, Snow White was nominated for an Academy Award for the original score, I believe the actual title is Best Musical Score, but Oscar categories do change names from time to time. Pinocchio was nominated for several Academy Awards, and it won two of them. It won the original score Oscar, and it won the original song Oscar for When You Wish Upon a Star. I apologize if that was too much like Adam Sandler doing a bit. Certainly that was not my intention. In addition to being a two-time Oscar winner, the American Film Institute named Pinocchio the number two animated film of all time. If you want to know which one is number one, go back and listen to episode number one about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, because if you remember, that was number one. Also, like Snow White, Pinocchio has been inducted into the National Film Registry as of 1994. Also, one of the six feature-length animated films that is in the National Film Registry. On our last episode, I attempted to do a 60-second synopsis. I believe my synopsis ran closer to three minutes. So, the writing's on the wall. This might take a little bit longer. But again, if you haven't seen it in a while, this may not be a bad thing. And if it is, that's why your podcasting device has a 15-second skip button on it. So here we go. Jiminy Cricket appears, singing When You Wish Upon a Star, right at the start of the movie, and then tells us the story, quote, of a wish coming true. We see Geppetto has made his marionette puppet Pinocchio, and Geppetto wishes Pinocchio became a real boy. Well, overnight, that very night, the Blue Fairy appears and obliges Geppetto's wish, the Blue Fairy being the Disney equivalent of the fairy with turquoise hair. Now that Pinocchio is alive, the Blue Fairy tells him he must be brave, truthful, and unselfish. She also makes Jiminy Cricket his conscience. Shortly thereafter, Honest John, who is a fox, and Gideon, who is a cat, lure Pinocchio away from going to school, and they convince him that show business is the way to go, so he enrolls himself in Stromboli's puppet show. Stromboli kidnaps Pinocchio after a successful showing, and when the Blue Fairy appears to the kidnapped Pinocchio, who is in a cage in a moving cart, Pinocchio lies, and his nose grows. Only when Pinocchio tells the truth does the Blue Fairy set him free, and does his nose return to normal. 
The blue fairy sets him free, but tells him she will not help him again. He is on his own. And that means Jiminy has to do his heavy lifting. In the meantime, Honest John and Gideon convince Pinocchio again to not do the right thing, but instead to take a vacation to Pleasure Island. Pinocchio goes to Pleasure Island and becomes a real delinquent. This is a place where boys are drinking and smoking and fighting and playing pool. Jiminy, however, finds out that the boys on the island are cursed. They are turned into donkeys and enslaved. Pinocchio and Jiminy escape the island, but Pinocchio ends up with a donkey's tail and ears on his face. Pinocchio and Jiminy go home to find that Geppetto is not there. The Blue Fairy does appear again, but only to tell them that Geppetto left to find Pinocchio, and he was swallowed by a giant whale. A giant whale named Monstro. Pinocchio runs off to find Geppetto. Even though Jiminy is telling him it's not a good idea, Pinocchio says he's got to find Geppetto. So they run and they find the whale. Pinocchio gets Monstro to sneeze from inside of him. They set a fire and he sneezes and they all escape. Monstro is angry. He destroys their raft and he dives at them multiple times. And Pinocchio, trying to save Geppetto, does, but in fact, drowns. While Geppetto is mourning Pinocchio back at the house, the Blue Fairy returns. She says that Pinocchio was indeed brave, truthful, and unselfish, and brings him to life as a real boy. And that is pretty much the ending. They rejoice, and that's it. Now I'm here to tell you, now that we've done the introduction and the history, and we've done the recap, that this is a bunch of bull honky. There are faults up and down Pinocchio, and it kind of hurts me because, like I said, I grew up watching this very often. The first act of Pinocchio is almost flawless, except right after Pinocchio is brought to life. On his first night alive, Geppetto puts him in the bed with him and says he has to go to sleep because he has school tomorrow. Just like that. Just like that. Geppetto doesn't go down to the school? He's not going to bring his puppet child and say, this is my son, Pinocchio, and he needs to go to this school? I recognize that Pinocchio is based in the 1800s of Italy, but I don't think you just show up at any school, at least not on the first day. Also, the next morning when Geppetto and Pinocchio are outside of Geppetto's house, he hands Pinocchio an apple to give the teacher on the first day. And a book. A book that's on a strap, such as you've seen in countless cartoons and movies before. He just happens to have the apple and the strap ready to go. How long? How long has Geppetto wanted a child? And why hasn't he just gotten married and had one naturally? It's a little creepy. And by little, I mean a lot. Now, okay, Pinocchio is a puppet brought to life, but he's living in a world of humans. Yes, I know Jiminy Cricket is alive and talking. However... We are introduced to Honest John and Gideon, as I've already mentioned. They are an anthropomorphic fox and cat, and they are just walking around, interacting in a world full of humans. What the heck? Really, I don't even know what to make of that. How do you have a world full of people interacting with anthropomorphic animals? Yes, I know Jiminy Cricket, I said that already, but still. And why is Jiminy Cricket so bad at his job? He's late on the first day of work. Why is that? And his ineffectiveness as a conscience causes Pinocchio's first crisis of conscience. Pinocchio is hoodwinked by Honest John and Gideon to join Stromboli's show because Jiminy failed at his job. 
And Jiminy further fails Pinocchio by trying to fix his problems all by himself, in spite of his inability to do the job. He could have maybe called on the Blue Fairy. Maybe he could have gone back to get Geppetto. I don't, I don't know what he could have done. I do know what he did didn't work, and he was not good at his job. So let's go a little bit forward now. We're in Stromboli's puppet show. Stromboli is the famous puppeteer marionette man, and he has a show that he brings around all the places. And in this show, he advertises that he's got a puppet that doesn't need string. So when Pinocchio appears with no strings to hold him up, he has no strings to hold him down. I'm going to keep doing the singing. I'm sorry. When, when Pinocchio shows up, why don't the audience members revolt? This is sorcery. Think about it. It's the 1800s. They don't have electricity. They have no television. They probably don't have much of it in the way of entertainment because a puppet marionette show is the big draw. And these people just sit there and they laugh and they cheer and they, they take it. And Stromboli is just raking in the money. Meanwhile, let's go back to Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy, who is sitting in this show watching Pinocchio do great laughable work, great crowd work, gets everybody on his side. And Jiminy, who's sitting there going, oh, he shouldn't do that, he shouldn't do that, sees Pinocchio do well, sees him being successful in Stromboli's show, and he's willing to walk away from his job as a conscience. And I'm sorry, but if a fairy magically appears and gives you a job, maybe you should do it. This one's not a fault, but it is kind of weird. Pinocchio is caged by Stromboli. He's going to be taken to the next town, then the next town, and the next town. And when he's in the cage with Jiminy Cricket, he's crying. A puppet is crying. That seems very strange to me. And it wasn't like sappy tears. They were like real watery tears. Meanwhile, the Blue Fairy shows up deus ex machina style and saves Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket when Jiminy fails. I'm glad she shows up and says, I'm not doing this again. But, you know, we would be stuck where we are if not for a little deus ex machina action. We fast forward to the Pleasure Island portion of the show and Jiminy Cricket challenges a young boy named Lampwick to a fight because this is what a good conscience is supposed to do. Now, some of this might be nitpicky, but here's a real question. It's a story issue, I suppose. Jiminy Cricket is a real live cricket. Pinocchio is a puppet boy that apparently cries. How the heck is it possible that Jiminy Cricket stays underwater as long as he does without breathing when Pinocchio and Jiminy are in the water searching for Monstro the Whale? They sink all the way to the bottom of the ocean, or sea or whatever type of water they're in. And Pinocchio not breathing doesn't bother me because he's not real. But Jiminy Cricket is a real live cricket and he's underwater and he's talking and he's talking to these other fish and things in the sea and he's not breathing. He's at the bottom. He never goes up for air. I know some animals can be underwater for a very long time. I don't think that a cricket has the lungs to pull this off. And as far as Pinocchio goes, Pinocchio drowns and essentially dies, and is brought to life as a real boy by the Blue Fairy in the final 30 seconds. How does a puppet who doesn't breathe underwater drown? He hasn't been breathing the entire time that the rock is tied to his donkey tail to keep him at the bottom of this water, but he drowns. He is dead from drowning. How is that possible? Somebody, please send me an email... A smoke signal. Something. A phone call. 
get me on my page or something, because I just don't know. And just to wrap this whole false show up, even the largest of whales can't swallow a person whole. It is scientifically impossible, and if a person ever found their way into a whale's mouth, the whale would very likely just spit them out. Yes, I know there's been the killer whale that attacked several people in in SeaWorld, but by and large, it doesn't happen. So Pinocchio and Geppetto and the boat should have never been inside of the whale. I mean, just from a scientific point of view. But hey, if we're going to suspend disbelief in the puppet boy that doesn't breathe underwater can drown, then maybe nothing's a fault. Who knows? Okay. All right. I feel a little better now. I feel like I've gone over everything that's wrong. I'm sure I've missed quite a lot of things, but these are the things that stood out to me. How about an honest opinion? Just watching a movie on the level of watching it, a couple of things become pretty clear. For starters, Jiminy Cricket doesn't really resemble a cricket, but the level of animation associated with him is outstanding. And I do believe Jiminy Cricket was redrawn several times from where he actually resembled a cricket to what he becomes, which is just a Disney character that is called Jiminy Cricket. The aforementioned actors, whom I wouldn't be able to pick out of a lineup, specifically the people who played Jiminy Cricket, Pinocchio, and Stromboli, very good delivery. Their lines are full of gusto, much clarity. I don't know if that's a deal with better microphones in the studio. I don't know if they were just good voice actors. It's 1940. It's kind of hard to tell what's, what's what. And let's be honest, how can you hate on When You Wish Upon a Star? It is one of the sweetest tunes. It's so full of hope. Anything your heart desires can come to you. It's impossible to hate on When You Wish Upon a Star. Just listen to some of the lyrics. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. If your heart is in your dream, no request is too extreme. When you wish upon a star, as dreamers do. That's just a part of it, as written by Ned Washington and Lee Harline. And while I do take issue with Pinocchio drowning when he spent so much time underwater not breathing, his death and Geppetto's sadness over it, I gotta be honest, as an adult, it killed me. Maybe I just didn't get it as a child, but the sadness that is portrayed vocally and artistically is phenomenal. And I felt it. I felt it in my heart. Overall, for me as an adult, I would give this an 8 out of 10, or a 4 star out of 5 review. I don't really remember the Pleasure Island second act part from childhood, but I do sort of remember Pinocchio with donkey ears and a tail. And overall, I'd say I found that the movie was a little dark, especially for 1940, but it wasn't overdone. By that, I mean it had to have a little bit of darkness to it. I mean... It's a puppet that's brought to life, so you're already dealing with black magic, black art. It's a fairy tale, but a different kind of fairy tale. Certainly not the kind Snow White was. But in the end, it was a happier ending. Pinocchio is brought back to life. He becomes a real boy. Geppetto gets the son he always wanted. Everybody gets to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. And I guess that's about it for me. So, I thank you again for coming back here for episode 2 of Fault Disney Movies. If you enjoyed it, you can check us out on the website. It is faultdisneymovies.wordpress.com. 
You can listen and subscribe to this on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you want to write a review, I would appreciate a good one, but I'd understand if you think I suck, so go ahead and write that then. But really, write a good review. Our next movie will be Fantasia, also from 1940, and that's going to be a challenge because if you know anything about Fantasia, you know it's not so much a movie as it is eight segments of music. So, I have a lot of figuring out to do between now and then. But in the meantime, again, my name is Nick. I've been your tour guide. I thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying it, and I will see you again real soon. Bye.